It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Noah Getzel. I've been covering the Wizards for Wizards Extra for the past four seasons, and uh, Locked On Wizards for the past month. Locked On Wizards is a daily podcast offering you five podcasts a week, every Monday through Friday, with news and insight on the Wizards. We do interviews with players and coaches, not just with the Wizards, but also other teams around the league. And tonight, our guest works for a different team, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. He hails from the D.C. area, though. Uh, we both grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. Didn't know him at all in high school, but we met in college and graduated from University of Wisconsin five years ago. He's been working for the Milwaukee Bucks just about ever since that. Um, his name is Danny Meltzer, and Danny just came back tonight from this awesome event with the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was uh, doing like a meet-and-greet with some of the season ticket holders and did a Q&A and... I was wondering, Danny, you just had the chance to spend some time with Kareem. Do you know his birth name? I believe it's uh, Luau Cinder. Very close. Everyone knows him as Luau Cinder. But his official like birth name was Ferdinand Louis Alcinder Jr. Wow. Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Nobody, I don't think he would have been an NBA player if he went by Ferdinand. I think it'd be great nowadays. <laughs> Perhaps. So... Tonight, we'll be talking about uh, a couple of different topics. We're going to preview the Wizards and Bucks matchup. Then we're going to talk about how both teams have kind of just been stuck in limbo the past, I don't know, 15 or so years. No, you know, they, they kind of make it to playoffs and fizzle out and don't go anywhere. Free agents don't want to go to Milwaukee or Washington. And they're just kind of mediocre NBA teams that don't go too far. And finally, we're going to talk about this awesome solution that Danny has for the one-and-done system of college basketball players. Um, there's been a lot of talk on that recently and a lot of criticism overall of NCAA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're going to hop right into it with 
the Wizards Buck Bucks recap. Uh, both teams played last night. The Bucks suffered a tough overtime loss uh, to uh, Drew Holiday. Popped off for like thirty six points and nine rebounds. Uh, and the, the Pelicans, yeah, they they dropped the um, the Bucks in overtime. There was that game overtime, or was it the, the game yeah. the previous night? Okay. Both went to overtime. Mm-hmm. One one lost one. Uh, and then, and like you said. The Wizards uh, beat the Sixers. It was pretty handedly, actually, um, in Washington. And then they'll be traveling to Milwaukee, who has beaten the Wizards the past two games with Giannis just absolutely dominating everything and showing why he's an MVP candidate for, once again, a kind of mediocre team. So uh, what do you think will will be the key to this game? Um, And obviously both teams are playing really tough tests coming up. Uh, The Wizards... The night after they travel to Milwaukee, they've got the Warriors at home, then the Raptors, the Pacers, the Spurs, the Pistons. Oh, sorry, not the Pistons. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, who are in eighth place, another playoff team on the West yeah, Coast. And... Great offense. <laughs> so, Bucks similar position. A lot of big games coming up. Right. Uh, Wizards back to back in Detroit, Indiana, Philly Sunday night, then at Indiana at Houston next Wednesday. So that's Murder six row, important no games doubt. in a row. Um, so like you said, what's the important distinguishing factor tomorrow night? It's the same factor for all matchups with the Bucks. And it is Giannis. We'll take this opportunity to induct you to the Giannis Greek Freak fan club. Uh, the soft G pronunciation of Giannis, almost with a Y sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, and he's honestly one of the best players in the world at this point. It's pretty clear that he's already a top five talent, only getting better. And, uh, any game you play with the Bucks, it's it comes down to him. If he goes off, gets some support, we win every time. If you hold him to a reasonable game, which nowadays is twenty five points, you know, twenty to twenty five points, then uh, you know, other people have to step up. Well their last matchup it was Eric Bledsoe actually, who who proved to be one of the big big difference makers for the Bucks. He uh Went eight of fifteen. He shot well. He had twenty three points, and I can't remember exactly, but it seemed like at least half of those came in the fourth quarter. So he he was really you know he didn't start off well, but he started just like draining jumpers. He picked up a bunch of uh, he had four steals that game too, and yeah, I mean of course you know you're not a one man show. You need Chris Middleton or Jabari who's back in action for the past month to to step up, and Jabari actually played pretty well. Um, against the Pelicans last night. He had 18 points, which was his season yeah, high, season right? High. Yeah. Yeah, 24 minutes, season high. A uh, lot of impressive low post points. Getting back to the point, for those Wizards fans, you know, myself included, growing up in the area, lifelong Wizards fan there. For those missing John Wall for the last couple of weeks and for the next couple of weeks, Bledsoe is as close to a uh, NBA-type John Wall, I think, that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, both in good and in things that are important. You know, you name jumpers, a couple threes there, shot over 50%. Just like with John Wall, when that jumper's falling, there's nothing you can do. They're getting to the rim or you're playing off and you have jumpers. But he's going to take those jumpers. And, you know, you can talk about some of the differences with the Wizards, with and without John Wall. But it's just those mid-range three, twos or long threes, early in the shot clock, guarded. You know, when those are falling... They're all stars when they're not. It's frustrating, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think the the biggest determining factor for this game is just going to come down to the Wizards' defense, which was impeccable against the Sixers uh, 
last night on Sunday, uh, they had the I think the Wizards shot like fifty four percent, but then they held the Sixers to thirty six percent and twenty seven percent from downtown. And the Wizards defense has been like all over the place this season, but it's been pretty consistent the past twelve games without John Wall. Um, they've been you know nine and three, and even though the game before last game against the Hornets, they let up. 122 points because the Hornets always tear them apart all season for some reason. The Wizards defense has looked a little bit more consistent. Do you think John Wall has kind of, does he get a pass because he's been injured this year? Or do you think he, he totally dictates the Wizards defense, but do you think it's kind of been like when he's not trying, like the Wizards just suck defensively? So I'll be the first one to say it. It's crazy to think that the Wizards are a better team, will be a better team, better for next year without John Wall. At the end of the day, number one thing with John Wall is he has to be healthy. And let's assume that when he decides to come back, he is healthy. And for now, that will be taken care of. The biggest difference with the Wizards from a stat standpoint that I've seen watching a couple of the games without John Wall um, is offensively it's the passing. I think it's an extra 30-something passes per game that translates to an open shooter we saw it last night Otto Porter went off Kelly Oubre hitting threes Mm -hmm. I think a lot of Wizards fans myself included were worried when Wall went out you know who's going to step up and Rally Bill's stats have certainly inflated um, but I think it's key that everyone's stats have gone up Mm -hmm. and they've just picked up the pieces at what has been a more efficient rate so absolutely get John Wall back first foremost that's number one Beal surprisingly is is shooting fewer shots and scoring a, just either the same amount or maybe even a bit less but his assist numbers are through the roof I think yeah, uh, the games that Wall's been score. missing yeah he's, he's averaging like 6.8 assists and over the course of the season he averages maybe four perfect so that's like another difference. example of you know maybe he's scoring two less points but if there's three to four more assists we'll take those extra five six points from him and then obviously, the new point guard is uh, chipping in with his, you know, ten, fifteen, and five to eight assists as well. So between him and uh, Sato, we've got a real good backcourt right now that is just playing more efficiently than John Wall when he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what's your prediction uh, Tuesday night? I'm gonna go Bucks win. They always are very up and down. Um, just because fighting, we don't have long ones. I know the Wizards don't lose games back to back as well, but. Thankfully, the Wizards coming off a win, Bucks coming off a loss, at home, good crowd tomorrow, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Giannis has a big game, 30-plus, and the uh, Bucks pull it out, but close, and definitely both teams are going to have a chance to uh, win the game in the final minutes. Yeah, Giannis has just been on a tear, as you mentioned, against the Wizards this season. Uh, it's It's been getting uglier and uglier if you're a Wizards fan, so he had 23 in the first matchup, and then... 34 uh, back in January when the Wizards hosted the Bucks, 34 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, a block, you know, one of those typical Giannis games. And then uh, the last time they played, he had a 20-20 game with yeah. uh, 2 blocks as well, so 27 points, 20 boards, yeah. 6 assists. I mean, if you allow me to get on my uh, soapbox <laughs> just for a minute, of I course. don't know how much people in D.C. or just general NBA fans get to watch Giannis on TV a lot more nationally this year, but... If- Tomorrow's the first time or one of the first times this year that you've watched a full game. Um, two things to point out. 
that's going to average right around 30 points a game. And a lot of those are going to come from the paint. Mm-hmm. Why that's important is that just clogs people have to come help. It opens room for shooters. So when you're just frustrated seeing someone get an open shot from the three, watch it because it's probably Giannis who drew that attention. The second thing I would say is watch is the little things in the game that he does unbelievably. Uh, everyone likes the big blocks, but just watch the deflections, the positioning, just the aggressiveness. I honestly can't imagine a more fun player to watch in the league. Getting to watch him every night for the past four years is an honest privilege, but I, I would start to view him going from, you know, just one of the best players in the league to, you know, pushing for that best title here in the next couple of seasons. He's almost as exciting to watch as Kelly Oubre. Almost. Maybe Kelly someday Oubre he'll get to that level. Kelly overt swag. Giannis is more of a, like a rage is my favorite Giannis. <laughs> angry Giannis. It's because he takes Kelly after Oubre. Kobe. He's going to work out with him for Kobe. the summer. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's going for. But I'll, you got a Kelly Oubre fan 100% here. So... Mm-hmm. That is going to be a great matchup to watch. Uber and Giannis, the future. So Danny and I are going to be right back with the Locked on Wizards podcast. We're going to take a real quick break. Um, after the break, we'll be talking about how the two franchises are battling for positioning to get that home court advantage here in the postseason. But it kind of seems a little bit futile in the East, given that LeBron is still there. And, and even like, you know, the past 15, 18, whatever, how many years neither team has really been able to get over the hump. So we'll talk about why both squads, Wizards and Bucks, are kind of just stuck in the mud in the playoff picture and not really competing for championships. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Locked On Wizards podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, welcome back uh, to the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Noah Getzel. You can find me on Twitter, by the way, at Noah underscore Getzel. That's N-O-A-H underscore G-O-E-T-Z-E-L. And I had mostly have had success with uh, asking my guests to share their Twitter information until my brother was on the podcast on Sunday and totally refused to <laughs> have anyone follow him. Danny, would you be cool with sharing uh, where you're at on Twitter? I'll do one better. I don't I don't use Twitter. You know, you're probably the first person to ask for my opinions openly in my entire life. So um, I just follow people on Twitter, like through other websites. It sounds really lame, but it's the honest truth. There just isn't one to give out. Mm-hmm. Okay, no worries. <laughs> so anyways, this is Danny Meltzer who works with the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, providing some insight. Uh, we just talked about um, a Wizards-Bucks preview, and now we're going to talk about kind of where each franchise stands and what their future tra- trajectories will be. So, Yeah. <laughs> and so when you look at the playoff picture, it's incredibly tight from uh, third seed to seventh seed right now. So the Wizards are currently at fourth. Uh, they're a half game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the Bucks are at sixth at the moment. Um, and they are just one and a half games behind the Wizards. Uh, the Sixers are right behind them, half game behind the Bucks too. So it's, it's really jam-packed in the middle of uh, the playoffs. Where, where do you think the Bucks are going to finish in a seeding r- rate? And, uh, or Sorry, wh- what seed do you think they'll end up with 
going into the playoffs. I know um, you mentioned a lot of people in Wisconsin are kind of like the, how they get on board with Badger football, and they're like, oh yeah, championship this this year, BCF playoff, no doubt, and then that game against Ohio State happens, and everyone's sure. like, oh, I thought I we there, were better. Yeah. But nobody really cares about the Bucks in Wisconsin, t- to, from, from what I saw living there for five years. It's all about sure. Packers, and then Badgers, and Brewers, and then the Bucks are like I the forgotten you. stepchild. Yeah, so... Same background as Noah. I grew up in the D.C. area. Went to school in Wisconsin. It's like 09 to 13. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, there's a little bit. Bucks and Six, Brand Jennings. That first year when they lost to the Hawks. That close first round series. But people in Madison, it wasn't on TV during games. You didn't see a lot of Bucks care. Um, biggest change. Goes right along with when Noah graduated. New ownership came in at 14. It's completely changed everything. Um, you guys seen the new logos, new branding, and the honest being the star. That's the on-court stuff. It's been a whole statewide outreach. New arena coming next year. That's what uh, I tell tells, helping fill that new arena. That's going to be a huge stepping stone. He mentioned, you know, traditionally walking out of free agent destination. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, you're correct, but with the new arena, new practice facility, completely basically a new downtown that the Bucks are building, I think it is going to become an interesting destination. And the number one reason is because, to be honest, this league draws stars to those other stars through free agency and demanding trades. Mm-hmm. Look, Cleveland is a no better place than Milwaukee. I like Absolutely. Milwaukee more. And because of LeBron, you know, you have people wanting to go play there. So at the end of the day, Milwaukee, you're right from our time. It's just such a different Bucks team than uh, from when you were here in the state. And over the next couple of years, it's only going to jump mm-hmm. tenfold with the new arena and just having one of the best players Global superstar, I think, is the biggest thing with Giannis is his global uh, appeal to and all around the world. So that's kind of the changes. So I get it. The national perception is stayed. I mean, until they win, it won't change. So there are a couple of uh, local companies who are looking to buy the naming rights. Which do you think would be the coolest sounding arena if it was owned by, like, Miller Brewing or uh, Harley yeah, Davidson, I mean, Johnson Controls on Honestly, I have no clue where it will end up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know definitely that's a big announcement on the horizon to get naming rights. Um, I always was partial to the idea of like going pushing heavy into like the beer aspect of it with the Brew City, but right. I mean, we've heard some people say it looks like a beer barrel, um, kind of has like you know the zinc metal look on the outside. But I was excited for people to see the arena. We're literally going from one of the oldest, outdated non-renovated arenas in all of sports, all of American professional sports, um, to the best arena mm-hmm. in all of sports, just like that. No doubt. It's no going to be tight. So, Can I yeah. ask a really random question about the, the Bucks franchise in general? So they're called, yep. they're the Bucks, and like the, the catchphrase is fear the deer. But are you Got really it. scared of deer if like people in Wisconsin go hunting for them? I don't totally understand. Sure. Wizards make um, no sense whatsoever in Washington. Like obviously they yeah. just change because you can't be bullets in this climate of of the nineties, but I don't really get the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Bucks voted on. Um I believe the historical story goes Robbins actually won the, the fan vote, but the owner decided to go with Bucks because he thought it sounded better. I think it's cool because we're the only one, so Logos are awesome. We have some of the best jerseys in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're wearing the Cream Cities tomorrow, but for the city jerseys, you know, one of the best, hands down. Um, 
I like the name Fear the Deer. I mean, the buck is coming with all those horns. It's way bigger than you. It's definitely going to run you over, but true. no, you got to go with the marketing. It's too good of a rhyme to pass up. I think my favorite Bucks jerseys were um, back when like Ray Allen was with the team, and there was I think there were like purplish green, purple yeah. and green, and then they had like the giant deer with the antlers yeah. on the front of the jersey. Those were pretty dope. Yeah, 90s purple mm-hmm. and like teal were the, the new colors that they discovered eventually, but yeah, nowadays, that's, there you go. It's, it's completely different, and I think through Giannis mm-hmm. and the team, getting back to the playoffs, getting over the hump. Uh, you know, Wizard fans, we talked about it, kind of complaining about not being able to get to the conference finals. Um, I'll just remind people the Bucks haven't won a playoff series since 2001, mm. when they lost to the conference finals in seven to Philly and Iverson. So the Bucks have been stuck in mediocrity, kind of that oblivious nowhere place, you know, missing the playoffs, making the playoffs as like an eight, seven seed. Um, the one pick being Andrew Bogut, who in terms of one picks is definitely. <laughs> hey, he's better than Kwame Brown. Sure. A hundred percent. Kwame Brown at least turned into like Crown Butler. Bogut. True. You know, so at the end of the day, um, similar paths in terms of what the teams are currently at. Um, I'll be the first to say I probably think the Wizards, based on their experience winning playoff series, would be a favorite if we met in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, players win series, and the best player generally wins a series in basketball. So I think the Bucks are definitely in position in the expectation to, to win their first-round series, really, regardless of who we play. Yeah, the the Bucks. It's it's crazy because when you look at the Eastern Conference, like who knows what the Cavs will become, but definitely the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers just have incredibly bright futures. I can't believe that Giannis is only twenty three, and he's you know yeah. him and Beal are, are both in their fifth years, but it's it's just ridiculous to think how good he is and how young. It's you're right. It's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, I mean Bucks core wise, you've got Chris Middleton who probably should have made the All-Star game right around making the All-Star game. You'll see tomorrow he's going to take a lot of mid-range jumpers here at first. Um, the guy shoots him at an unbelievable clip. Like, it looks like Kobe, just in a Bucks jersey, doing mid-range jumpers. And probably people think, how did that go in? But that's just what he does. Let's say you touched on Jabari's back, which is huge for us. He's going to score in a variety of ways. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, going to play at UVA. He'll be back in a couple weeks once he comes back for injury. Mm-hmm. So they've got a really solid core and the length, match up against anyone. The length the is crazy. All of the deflections that you mentioned, like the last time the Wizards played the Bucks, the Bucks forced 23 turnovers. You got it. That's 100% where the, uh, where the strength of this team lies. And as they just play more together and get more experience, you know, mm-hmm. so the sky's kind of the limit with the Bucks, just in terms of Giannis carrying all these great guys, being supplemental pieces to a, once in a generational town. Mm-hmm. We talked about where the, the Bucks have been and how like the, the new buzz and new ownership and new arena are kind of going to put them on the map, especially with having Giannis as the superstar that everybody wants to play with. What do you think is... <laughs> I don't know how much time you have, but what's wrong with the Wizards franchise in terms of like throughout my fanhood of the team since the late 90s and the Jordan era? They just have never been run successfully it seems in terms of you know like they might get to the playoffs they might win a series now like the expectation is eastern conference finals are bust after you know pushing boston to seven games but 
why what when you look at the Wizards, like why why are they such a middle of the pack team that's you know just gonna not get to the they're not gonna grow that homegrown talent the same way that the Warriors have. So, what do you want, the simple answer or the long answer? Simple, simple. Simple answer, DC Curse. There's no Uh, argument in it. DC Curse is real. Lifelong Caps fan here. Nationals, you know, going to games their first year. It's like, just a DC Curse. But long answer, uh, LeBron James is the number one factor in the East. You want to go back, honestly, since 2007, you want to go back the last 11, 12 postseasons. Mm -hmm. And if he stays in the East, he will be a factor for more years to come. Um, you know, honestly, the team probably should have made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Right. Too many of those blown first quarters. Before Game 7, even. So should have been wrapped up before Game 7. Um, we'll talk right. about the difference between last year's team and this year's team is the depth. You know, Kelly Irby barely played in the playoffs at the end against the Celtics. Brooks had no confidence in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Jennings was getting minutes, which is horrifying. <laughs> uh, last year, he was recovering from a torn Achilles that he's finally hopefully healthy from. So this year's Wizards team, I mean, who in the East do you honestly look at in a seven-game series, home court advantage or not, that you're just automatically just being like, I don't expect or think we can win this? Well, when you look at a coaching perspective, uh, Brad Stevens is just so much more sharper than uh, Scott Brooks, whose final plays are, okay, we're going to give it to our best player, whether it's Back on the OKC days, you know, Russ Westbrook versus Durant versus now Wall and Beal and just expect them to, to go iso ball and doesn't really run a play in those clutch situations. So that's an issue once you get to the postseason. Um, but no, like honestly, as much as I criticize, the Wizards have lost a ton of stupid games against awful opponents. That's not going to happen in the playoffs. But then again, against the Celtics, you know, and the Hawks, they were dropping like the first two games against the Celtics. They were up huge in in the first quarters and they yep. they had giant you know like 17 point i don't know exactly but it was like over 10 point leads in the first half and then just collapsed um so i i think i think the wizards definitely have the talent to push any team in the east to you know seven games and win the series maybe not the cavaliers once you get to that zero dark 30 23 lebron what does he call his social media cleanse when he's in the playoffs i can't remember yeah but he's good. a different animal no doubt I mean, about it using that movie to describe your mood i guess is great and you're right lebron james like we said is the number one factor in the east now and potentially moving forward for a couple more years and by the way no one's been able to get him out of the eastern conference finals and has it been seven straight years? So. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ferdinand Lewis Alcindor went to 19 All-Star games. Do you think LeBron <laughs> could possibly tie or surpass that? He's, he also has six championships, though, so I don't think LeBron is touching that one. What does LeBron add in All-Star games? Uh, I would have to give me here just like tap dance for one second. Let me we'll, find it. No doubt in my mind he'll be playing at least three more years. I don't know. It's up to LeBron, like... I don't think any of us envision a LeBron that isn't very good on a basketball court. I'm sure 40 year old LeBron, barring injury, would be. He's gotten a lot of players. Okay, so LeBron is what 33. Yeah, he just turned 33 at the end of December. He's been to 14. 15. Yep. He's been to 14 All Star games. So he missed his rookie year, probably. Great. I, so I would think 14 so. 14 straight. Yeah, if LeBron wants to play five more years, he'll make five more All Star games. Yeah. And not even talking about some. Tracy McGrady getting voted in injury. 
doubting mm. stuff like yeah based on the fact that lebron is still really high up in the mvp discussion he's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon and it's ridiculous that he's never had a major injury in his career and he's 33 now we'll, we'll see how long this goes for him but we started this podcast to talk about the wizards bucks preview i think we just about exhausted that topic so we are gonna stop the podcast there and continue hold the rest of it for part two of this which i'll be posting on tuesday so thanks so much danny for your time we're gonna get the rest of uh, the talk with danny metzer on uh topics of the g league and kind of fixing the one and done system in ncaa given all the fbi investigations going on now we'll be posting all that on tuesday so take care have a good night everyone thank you so much for listening to the locked on wizards podcast which by the way you can check out on itunes stitcher subscribe on spotify uh go to lockedonwizards.com and you can always find us on twitter as well and soundcloud for that matter so that's all we got um we'll be continuing with part two with danny Meltzer. thank you danny and we'll see you guys tuesday for the wizards and bucks recap uh-huh. Sip the Chris and get pissy pissy. Flow infinitely like the memory of my nigga Biggie. Baby, you know it's hell when I come through. The life and times of Sean Carter, nigga, volume two. Y'all niggas get ready. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.